listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're in the most important weekend for not only drafts, but preseason football. And for this episode, Dan and I are actually going to be covering and recapping our League of Record draft from the past weekend. So, as always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? What up, Bob? What a weekend. What a draft. Yeah. What a... uh... What a time to be alive! Yeah, that was a that was a good one that week. And slept as little as possible, and yep. hopefully, as we recap the teams, drafted as well as possible too. I know <laughs> that, and then what a, a spectacular UFC card, and uh, some very interesting and exciting fights, and a great entrance by yep. our uh, last year's champ. Really kind of took it up a notch, which I really appreciated. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like my team, but I'm starting to kind of wane on my as, – as the, as the offseason and the preseason ticks along, I'm starting to kind of wonder how my team's going to, you know, perform this year. But, uh, you know, I, I like it. I might have taken some leaps there at the end with some players. but Some bleeps? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, bleep. All in all, a pretty good draft. A great weekend. This great time seeing everybody, and uh, let's uh, let's get in, right into it, Bob. Yeah. So today we're gonna um, go ahead and recap. We'll, we'll go sort of pick by pick through the first six rounds, and then uh, we might shift the conversation to you know look at reaches. Uh, biggest home run hits maybe in the end and then we'll, we'll literally break down our entire teams individually um we'll start off with some player news but yeah so this past weekend i advise anybody that can do this if you're not doing it try and do your draft in person with all your friends um you know we basically make it a weekend every year we go up to um some mountain areas uh either in Pennsylvania or uh, Maryland, depending on where we feel like going. And it's just awesome to get everybody around. All the guys are ready to have a great time. And, and so, yeah, we you know, did our draft early on Saturday morning, and, and I sort of looked at Dan, and I was like, you know what, dude, we recorded live last year, and I feel like it was fun, but... It didn't Maybe really, it, it felt it, like we were there, but we weren't really there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we so we made the audible and said, "Dude, let's just focus on the draft and recap it." So we I know we said we we're gonna do a live one, but I'm glad we did because I mean. A, I feel like the draft went very smooth. Um, everyone had a good time. We were all interacting. And then, yeah, the after festivities, you know, playing cornhole and, and outdoor games. And then um, another recommendation is have some sort of reward uh, for your league. You know, a majority of us in this league grew up as big wrestling fans. So yep. about four years ago, we introduced from Undisputed Belts an official championship title for the winner so not only are you winning other things you're winning the title and we made it a mandate that's right every year at the next draft if you win you must come through with a wrestling entrance and that's right shout out to kurt you beat me in the finals i'm not going to give you that one but i am going (laughs) to shout out that you came through grew out an official mustache and did a full hulk hogan outfit entrance it was awesome. So if he you're not real doing stuff like that, that day, for sure, I, I highly recommend doing it. He was absolutely a real American that day, brother. 
Oh yeah, brother. Yeah, and if you're not following us at Not Takes FF on Twitter and Instagram, put out a picture of Kurt. I mean, it's it's really a work of art. I think we both said the same thing. The yellow yeah. wrestling boots, that's dedication. Oh, that made it. That made the whole ensemble. Uh, the fact that you dedicated it, uh, you took the time and the effort and invested the money to get the pair of yellow wrestling boots. Uh, that really made it. It tied it all together. Uh, I, I know we tossed out the idea of him coming as Hollywood next year if he repeats. Yeah, uh, have to. As long as he doesn't beat me in the finals, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you, ha- <laughs> you have to give it a little too sweet with the Hollywood Hulk Hogan outfit if he That's makes right. it. That's right. But yeah, great weekend. You know, we, we might get back into that conversation a little bit, but highly recommend it if you can do it. It just makes it a fun time and a fun weekend. But Dan, if you're ready, let's get started with some important news that really one broke like right as we were getting ready to draft so you ready to get into the news let's do it so some saw this coming but it just sort of came out of nowhere josh gordon was reinstated by the nfl to rejoin the patriots uh they place him on the active nfi list so they can make roster moves get him acclimated with the team again and really get him ready for week one uh at this point so dan the patriots went from what seemed to be julian edelman and no one else to now right edelman you've got james white you've got josh gordon you've got the rookie Nikhil harry you've got some other rookies that are showing out um really outside of tight end i mean this type of move if he can stay mentally there could pay massive dividends for an already loaded and constantly winning super bowl uh new england patriots team right to me it seems like this is like so we were playing i think we were doing just a like a draft app you know draft and someone's like oh my gosh josh gordon got reinstated i was like grabbing him yep (laughs) it's like whoever's up in queue Yep. Uh, so it's just one of those that I, I, I've never had the experience where one move, one announcement kind of can really. I mean, that's a, it's, it changes the draft to some extent. I know you're not taking him early, and I know you're not taking him within probably outside of a uh, double digit round. But and, and that I mean, and Dan, actually, that's what I'm curious about to see because we drafted like right as the news broke. Right. So there was a little bit of excitement on that. And, but I'm I'm curious if it raises because now people are like all right well he's he's back so i'm curious to see this weekend sort of because this is like the big weekend for drafts so where where he goes i've heard some people you know on other podcasts say you might take him five six seven you know we'll talk about where he took Ooh. him but boy oh boy yeah i mean it's there's a lot of risk with this guy Man, I, I mean, you think back to how good he was when he was with the Browns and just like the limited games that he was there, um, just kind of how great he, he was. And, and I mean, he was a fantasy monster. I think he won you a league one year, Bob, if I, oh, if I no. remember correctly. I'm a bridesmaid, so he didn't. Oh, oh, yeah. So it's one of those where, you know, he either is going to be a steal of a draft because he's going to go so late or he's going to be a bust uh, because he's not going to play all games in the season. So I I think there's not really much middle ground there because, like, I I think it's a situation where if you take him, you know, in the double digit rounds and he comes out and does what he did for the Browns, you're thinking, oh, my God, what a steal. This guy's a, a beast. But then if you take him five or six and he only plays two games out of the season, uh, you know, you've wasted that draft pick or you've probably got him right where he should be. So uh, I, I think the risk factor is absolutely there. Uh, he might be one of the most high risk players outside right. of the ones that are sitting out right now. 
I like him in like best ball. Like I, I think if like daily, I'd take flyers on him. Like draft app, you know, if the matchup's right, I'll grab him. Right. Uh, but you know, on my on a redraft team, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be there. Uh, in the double digit rounds, still, I, I don't know. I, I don't like him. Five, six, and seven seems just way too early for it, me. It's going to be that guy that's willing to take the risk, and I don't know right. if I'm, I'm willing to that early. So I probably won't get him on any of my teams. But I mean, it's good news if he could stay on the field for the Patriots' offense. That's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And absolutely. and speaking of that, Julian Edelman was activated from the uh, active NFI list uh, with his thumb injury that he had earlier in the preseason so once again they're just going to get these guys ready for for week one which right julian edelman super bowl mvp doesn't need the preseason at this point he needs to be healthy so no he knows what he's doing and and he's with brady so it doesn't even it doesn't concern me even in the slightest yep so but he's coming off the the nfi list and another promising development that occurred uh monday actually manuel sanders looked great he felt amazing after playing the preseason game monday returning from his achilles injuries he looked great every time i've watched he seemingly ran well so yeah he instantly jumps into their number one receiver role now that it looks like he's back and going to be starting week one yeah what a disappointing development not for emmanuel sanders great for him but for people who were kind of hoping that uh sudden was going to make a little bit of a leap this year uh you see that you know sanders comes back looks great doesn't look like the injury is bothering him at all and now all of a sudden you know, somebody who you thought was going to be able to make a big leap this year, eh, maybe not not too fast there, Bobby. Uh, but you know what? It's still Joe Flacco, so we'll see how the whole thing goes. Yep. Joe Flacco didn't look that bad, too, either. I think what he's going to do is he's going to lock in on one receiver and then the tight end because that's what he does. I mean, that's what he seemingly did in Baltimore, especially when he had a number one. So I right. feel that that could be good for him and Fant when he's uh, up and running here. So Melvin Gordon says he's just sitting and waiting for the call from the Chargers. Seems like from all the reports, there's still a $3 million difference between what Gordon wants and the Chargers will give. He has to show up at some point in 2019 for this season to count towards free agency. So this could be one where they budge right before the season starts or it could be week 10. So this is a guy that can swing a lot of drafts and we'll talk about where he went um, Absolutely. as we get into our draft because to me, we talked about it beforehand, the, the gentleman the that picked him too good to what to what too great yeah and <laughs> it, it could really change things around for greg and we'll talk about that sure. a bit and dan you had one more piece of news you wanted to cover before we get into the draft. yeah i mean I, I was just scoping out roto world earlier tonight and uh noticed that it seems that ezekiel eel elliott had received an offer from uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and it does not seem like it's to its liking. It's somewhere right in the middle of where Lev Bell is, but below where Todd Gurley was. And you know, Zeke wants to be and most likely deserves to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. Yeah, uh, it seems to me, Bob, that he's more than willing to just kind of wait it out um, until he gets what he wants in that terms of that contract. I mean, this Lev Bell effect has had massive, massive trickle-down effects trickle-down effects in, in the terms of the NFL uh, and from, you know, from what we look at, you know, football from from the fantasy perspective. Yep. Uh, had LaBelle not held out last season, 
showed somebody who you know that they're willing to kind of you know you can't get paid games. if you sit it out right i mean do you you think if he doesn't do that that this stuff even goes on i i, I don't know not not maybe to that's this kind of what he was doing he was trying to reset the market and i'll have to say bob from what we've seen thus far he might have done just that not necessarily from the from the perspective of a pay scale shift right but from the perspective of hey uh yeah the approach has changed now like i i will sit games i'm not too worried about that because I know I will get paid eventually. Yep. So these ones are a little bit different, though, because both of those guys are still on rookie deals. That's the difference. So I feel like these two will show up, especially Z, because he's got multiple years where Gordon has one, really. Um, I expect both of them to show up, but it, I mean, it really could be half a season up to you know, up to week ten. Really, I mean, it, yeah. Uh, I would not be surprised if they're there week one. I would not be surprised if they're there until not there until week ten. So. But the other interesting thing in the same Roto World article that I was reading is they pointed out we're only 17 days away from the regular season. Right. So, I mean, I get that, you know, Zeke kind of knows the offense. Zeke knows what they're trying to get done. It's not like he'd be joining a new team. Same with Melvin Gordon. Um, But at the same time, I mean, to be away from your team for that long and not be able to, you know, be with your teammates and stuff like that. uh, I don't know how that impacts, you know, the team, because I think you heard a little bit of that from the Steelers, at least last year, that uh, no no one was really, really thrilled with the way that Lev Bell was on the team itself. Right. uh, And like the bridges were burned. So now you've got to go back to that same team for two more years and kind of get the, the same thing. Yeah, it's going to be tricky, and like I said, you know, these are two players that should have been top five picks in our draft. Oh, absolutely! Just the nervousness, but um, nervousness know. on one. Yeah, uh, not not so much on the other though, Bob. Yep. So, yeah, I mean that covers the news. And Dan, if you're ready, let's review our league of record draft. Let's get into it. If you've listened to the Not Takes Fantasy Football podcast before, you know just how much we love the draft app. We continually do best ball drafts throughout the year, and during the season, we have a weekly segment called Getting Drafty on Draft that drops every Thursday. Now we are proud to announce our affiliation with the best fantasy app out there. We would greatly appreciate if you would support our show by using our new link, draft.com forward slash not takes. For those of you that don't already have a FanDuel or Draft account, Signing up to draft using that link gets you a free $3 entry to any contest of your choice after your initial deposit. We personally recommend a season-long best ball draft, and trust us, when you start, you're going to be hooked. Once you get your account situated, come challenge myself or Dan on draft. You can find me, Bob, on draft at NotTakesBob, that's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-B-O-B. And you can find Dan at DJ Benoit 33. That's DJ B E N W A 33. Once again, our link is draft.com forward slash not takes. That's N O T T A K E S. We can't wait to see you all get drafty on draft with us. So 
Yeah, this, one thing I always like to clarify, because, you know, I, I put some stuff on Twitter as we were there <laughs> on the weekend. and We have keepers, everyone. Yeah, I think we that, have was the, keepers. that was the first thing. I don't even think I really took a picture clearly of the draft board. It was just sort of in the background. And the first yeah. thing I got was Saquon Barkley 10, really? It's like, all right, uh, I don't know how we preface this any further. Like, we know what we're doing. It, it, it's keepers. So let That me guy g- won the league and then was the last place pick. Because he won the league. Yep. And Sanquan Barkley was his keeper that he picked, I think, what, number five last year? Yeah, so year? he got a better value uh, the year later. Got, in a, in a, frankly, in my opinion, it was a gutsy pick to grab the rookie running back in the first round. It was going routinely that way. I know, I know. And I know I was wrong. I get that. I get that. I get that. But still, I, I thought the rookie pick was risky. And at this point, it makes perfect sense for him. Uh, because, I mean, frankly, his team this year reminds me almost a lot, of, lot, a lot of the team that he had last year when he won the whole thing. Yep. So let me go over the keepers first to give context so we don't get the after episode tweets like, you guys don't know what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. Let me give you the keepers first. So, pick that number. Was a, that was a killer impression, Bob. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was, <laughs> I was warming up for that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek had the number one pick and he kept Drew Brees in the 14th round. Ryan had the number two pick and he kept George Pretty Kittle in the ninth round. Dan, Greg you Valley. had the third pick and you had Julian Edelman in the eighth round. Yes, sir. Brad had the fourth pick, Robert Woods in the 11th round. We had Steve in the five hole taking Christian McCaffrey in the second round. We had six with Greg. He had James Conner in the ninth round. Uh, In the seven spot, we had Tambo who kept Travis Kelsey in the third round. Greg value. In the eighth spot, we had Craig, who kept Aaron Jones in the 13th round. You're welcome, Craig. Yeah. I picked in the ninth spot, kept Tyreek Hill in the fourth. And, yeah, our champion, Kurt, brother, was able to keep Saquon Barkley in the 10 spot because he won the league. So we go reverse order uh, based on records, finishes, etc. So that sets the table. So what we're going to do is we'll sort of go through pick by pick. And I'll read out some picks, Dan. You sort of stop me where you want. Uh, we'll probably do that for the first five to six rounds. And then, like I said, give more of a general discussion. Uh, maybe skew it more towards surprises, uh, biggest reaches, uh, biggest for possibilities sure. for uh, you know return uh, on value yep. and things of that nature. So, number one, Derek took Alvin Kamara. Two, Ryan took Zeke Elliott. So, yeah, he I know he was talking a lot about it the entire weekend. And, I, I, I mean... I totally get it because I took him in the midst of suspension talk and it paid off like gold. So you'll you'll see later that he uh, he he backed up Zeke to protect against this. Yeah, it's a, he he went running back heavy, and frankly, um, his I mean he's covered himself in terms of the hardest position to cover himself. I mean, I, I was talking to, to Krug later about this. He's like, running back is not easy this year because there is not that many out there anymore. And with people kind of falling by the wayside uh, because of contract disputes and things like that, uh, Ryan went running back his first three rounds. And yeah, him and Brad frankly, both did the same strategy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and frankly, it worked out beautifully for both of them um, in terms of you've got, as long as these guys all play and all stay healthy, you've got a nasty three-headed monster where you're always going to have two top-tier top running backs uh, in those slots and then not really have to worry about your flex at all because you're getting someone who's touching the ball um, the probably more frequently than any receiver you're going to have sitting there in that flex spot. Yeah, so I think Craig and I did an opposite strategy on the back end, whereas Brad and Ryan, yeah, running back heavy to start. So, Dan, at the three spot, you took David Johnson. What was going through your head? There was Lev Bell. There's all the wide receivers. There's David Johnson. I'm curious what you were thinking at that point. You know, David Johnson was somebody who I – you know, you and I mocked a lot. Right. We mocked a lot. And David Johnson was not somebody that I was routinely taking. And I just started reading and I started looking more and more into him. And I was thinking about him. Uh, and, and frankly, it just came down to they've got the rookie quarterback. Um, I feel like the offense is going to run through David Johnson. Uh, and he's a guy who can do a lot on those short yardage passes. He can score big plays. And everything you've been hearing from everybody else out there is that this is the year that David Johnson is used right again. Last year, I think what you and I thought is he's not being used in the way that you need to use him. Right. Um, this year, they seem to be getting back to that. Uh, I think that the running threat of Kyler Murray uh, makes him a more effective running back. So I'm looking for maybe a little bit of a Lamar Jackson effect uh, to take over here. And I think he, I mean, he's the original 100-100 guy. Right. Uh, whereas CMC is basically who you're looking for these days to do that. I think David Johnson has that same ability. Uh, and I just like that he's on he's on the team. He's familiar with everyone, new offense, new everything. Uh, I just didn't feel like there was as much of a question mark as there was with Lev Bell. And I liked my ability through my draft strategy to grab wide receivers that I liked later in rounds to kind of shore up um, – that position yep so really to me the only i don't even call it a surprise because like i said there's there's running backs that have clouds on top of them but brad at four took Le'Veon bell and then really the draft sort of normalized for the rest of the round you had deandre hopkins at five Devonte adams at six michael thomas at seven julio jones at eight and then so i'm up at nine and i had two different thoughts about going through this thought boy there's two running backs i really like um and i have tyreek sort of sitting in the background there at, at pick number right. four and then i looked and noticed you know kurt's picking right after me and he already has his keeper so his pick in the first round's done with saquon so I, i've done mocks where i want wide receiver heavy and i seem to like my team a lot more and Hey, and I'm going to be honest, I just I just wanted to have a Steeler because I don't really ever get Steelers on my teams. So right. my theory was if I take Juju, I'm either going to get another great wide receiver, I'm just going to completely hammer the spot, or I'm going to pick between Nick Chubb or Todd Gurley, preferring Todd Gurley because I've never had any pieces of him. So I took Juju sure. at pick nine, and, and Kurt then on the swing pick at two paired Saquon Barkley with Nick Chubb. So what I was hoping would happen, and I asked him, I said, hey, if I would have took Todd Gurley at nine and short up the running back position, would you have taken Juju at 2-1? And he said, yeah, 100%. So I'm, I'm glad I sort of thought it through because I know I took right. like, we did a 10-minute timer. I took about five minutes to make the pick because I was running yeah. every scenario. And so, yeah, I took Juju at nine, and then Kirk kicked off round two with Nick Chubb after having Saquon as, as his keeper. And I and this is where I knew, until he's not on the field, 
Todd Gurley has the biggest upside of any running back when healthy. He's shown it for the past two years. So I said, damn the possibility of the injury. I can't pass this guy up, and I need a running back. So I took Todd Gurley at the second pick of the second round. Yeah, and let's look at – I mean, let's just think about where he was. And, and I, I'm never doubting Todd Gurley again. It bit me hard once, and I'm never doing again. Uh, I gave Brad so much guff one year about keeping Todd Gurley. Are you kidding me? Blah, 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 blah. And then he ran ran away um, with that season and, be, and was the best running back in fantasy other than Zeke. And uh, I think in fantasy football, we tend to have um, short memories in terms of you just look at the season before. And if you even look at the season before for Todd Gurley, that's a pretty darn good season. Um, but your memory is not necessarily focused on everything he did up until the point where he was having it was the, the injury. Uh, it was the injury towards the end of the season. And you're like, oh, well, Todd Gurley's done. Yep. Like, what? Yep. Do you remember the first 14 or 15 games of the season, everyone? Yeah. Let's be honest here. He was an unstoppable beast. Right. And. Uh, I, I think it's one of those things is like, eh, I would rather not risk it. Like, risk what? Yeah. <laughs> risk what? I yep. mean, I think you got a bargain bargain pick there. Um, because and I, I would have been happy with I, Chubb, I would not too. have been surprised if he went. Oh, yeah, sure. But I see Nick Chubb going. It makes more sense for me to see Nick Chubb going there um, than, than Todd Gurley, frankly, because he was in, in the mix last season for – top for a top three pick one or two you know with a couple other guys who are now in second round and and i'm really glad i did this because as we go through the rest of the round here dan i'm just going to read up to your pick and then we'll decipher uh, we'll discuss your pick craig went mike evans who was also in play for me if i want wide receiver heavy uh at the third pick tambo joe mixon at the fourth pick odell beckham to greg so he paired Devontae and odell uh, Steve had Christian yep. McCaffrey as his keeper. Brad took carry on Johnson at the seventh pick. And then Dan, you, I, I know you made a comment when you made the pick. You went with Antonio Brown as the eighth pick of the second round. So sort of take yeah. us through it. <laughs> and my comment was, I know I'm going to hate myself for this. Um, and it's only because I, I tend to be, you know, a little bit more conservative with my picks. And frankly, I think this could either go, it's going to go very well for me or it could give you a complete nightmare. Uh, and I think the roller coaster that I was on this week alone with it, <laughs> uh, you know, where he didn't, he didn't report to camp on Sunday and now he's back and now he's not, now he's all in. And like, I, I just don't know what to expect, but I do know when he's playing, and I, and I know I picked him to kind of, you know, finish outside the top 10 and things like that. But uh, let's be honest, I could be absolutely 100 percent wrong on that. And I'm not going to miss out on that level of player at this point in a draft. Um, I got him at the tail end of the second round. Um and I, I like him. I mean, I could have picked, I could have paired him, paired David Johnson with Dalvin Cook. Could have grabbed Keenan Allen. I could have grabbed Thielen. I could have grabbed Fournette. Um, I could have grabbed Amari Cooper. There's a lot. There was a lot of people there that I had interest in, uh, but no one who has the ceiling that Antonio Brown does. And, and everyone might say, uh, if you've been listening, oh well, you've been hating on him all year. I've not been hating on him. I've just been hating on the situation. Yeah, it's the situation. Uh, he's going to be a target hog when he's on the field. I mean, that's just, right. that's never going to stop. 
So, I mean, I, it's not that I doubt AB. It's not like I don't. I love him. He's one of my favorite Steelers. Uh, and he's one of my favorite players. And he's a great. I just, I, I love owning him in fantasy for in most circumstances. It's just this situation not necessarily makes me thrilled. But at this point, there was just no way I could pass him up. I couldn't. And yeah. now I'm pairing him with, with David Johnson. And one of the things I like to do is I want to have a stud at every position. And I'll fill in from there. Yeah. So I think I got a stud running back. And I hopefully have a stud. Uh, wide receiver um, with I mean I know I got somebody with huge upside who was last season in the mix to be the number one overall player in fantasy yep so uh, to finish out the second round Ryan took Dalvin Cook at the nine spot and Derek uh, took Keenan Allen and then started the third round with a swing with Adam Thielen so I mean really just on on surface Alvin Kamara Keenan Allen Adam Thielen could be a ton of catches and remember guys as we go through this we have half point PPR half point three wide receivers you're always starting in one flex so in theory you could be playing yep. four wide receivers so just keep keep that in mind as we go through that so yeah to your point Ryan uh, in the second pick of the third round went Leonard Fournette so he started Zeke Dalvin Cook Leonard Fournette obviously if they're all playing you're, I mean, in you're theory, in great shape in theory you have three top 12 running backs if they play the entire absolutely. season absolutely so absolutely Dan at the and I, I remember you saying this you're like this guy never gets to me at this point in the draft. You took Zach Ertz with a third pick of the third round. So no. you, you tried to attack yeah, every he, position. He he was always gone, always gone in our mocks. Uh, and I never got a piece of him. And frankly, he's the last big tight end left on the board. Kittle was a keeper. Kelsey was a keeper. Ertz was the only guy that was left out there that could have been drafted. Yep. Uh, and frankly, it was nice to have that position filled and just – kind of work from there and uh i expect him to be the leading receiver on that philadelphia team and uh he was it was outstanding player last season somebody who i've never owned before uh so that's the other thing is get a little variety in your life everyone hey hey dan uh, my, so, my quarterback hopes that zach Ertz plays like he did last year too by the way uh, yeah yeah, ditto. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's why I went Zach Ertz. He, he never gets to me at that point. Usually he's gone and sometimes in the second round. Uh, so I was happy to grab him. Dan, were you considering uh, somebody like Amari kind of Cooper or T.Y. Hilton at that point? Because they, they went later. I'm just curious. I was, yeah. I was, I was considering Amari Cooper. Uh, I was actually also considering Devonta Freeman. Um, yeah. Those were the two guys. And T.Y. Hilton, but you know what? Uh, the Andrew Luck thing. I was thinking that. I was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with uh, five or six games. If this becomes um, a long of, issue. Of Andrew Luck not playing. And uh, my my brother-in-law, who will be joining us at our concert tomorrow night, Bob, is a huge, huge Colts fan. And I said, you know, I don't know if Luck's going to play. It's the start of the season. He's like, I don't think he is at all. So, you know, that's that's right from the Colts' mouth right there. Uh, so we'll see. And T.Y. I liked, but with the Andrew Luck stuff, it kind of scared me off um, of grabbing him there. And I said, you know, I could do a lot worse than getting Zach Ertz, frankly. Yeah, yeah so you, you talked about a player that made me enjoy my strategy much more, taking Gurley instead of really piling on the wide receivers. In all the mocks we were doing leading up to this, I was getting Devonta Freeman in like 90% of the drafts. And as it got closer, yep. the hype kept getting higher. And then I did mocks with other people and realized, I don't think this guy's going to make it. So that came into my thought process too, which is why I grabbed Bradley. Yep. But back to the draft. Um, at the four spot of the third round, Brad took Damian Williams. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't believe in the guy. Ooh. Others believe in him a lot. Uh, if he hits, yep. he's going to be great. But I, I just don't know what to think of him right now. No, and it seems like all the news that's coming out about it is not about him. Not about him at all. Yeah. Uh, about the but rookie, about really. the rookie running back. Yeah. So to me, it's one of those things where, you know, and, and I'm not – I, I'm not necessarily 100% sold on Carrion either. So uh, I, I hope that one of those guys hits because if they do, he'll be in good shape. But uh, Damian Williams, but I think, is a value pick there in the third round too oh, to some the, extent. The value is Greg there. It is Greg there. So, yeah, at the five pick, Steve took Amari Cooper and Greg, who's, who's one of the guys that seemingly was high on Freeman, took Devonta Freeman. So uh, I, I sort of knew it would not get past me, uh, past him there at the latest. Um, Travis Kelsey was the keeper for Tambo at seven. This one was curious to me. And, Dan, I'll do a comparison. So let me get past this, and then I want to do a comparison after round four when I get to Craig. So yeah. he, he took Sony Michelle at the eight spot. I took Chris Godwin. I, I'm just a believer. I When I talk about my... That, my that t- surprised me. That, that surprised me. I will say that. I'm willing to take a high upside because... I had Tyreek Hill sitting there, so in theory, he's my third wide receiver. Exactly. Yeah. So. That, yeah. I, that, when you think, look at it that way, it makes perfect sense because obviously you've got, um, you know, Tyreek sitting there as your, you know, you're essentially your number one, um, and, and then who's your number two again? There, Bob. Juju. Juju. Okay. So you know, taking your a quote unquote reach at Chris Godwin, uh, who people are you know so hyped about right now. Uh, not necessarily that crazy of a move, frankly. Yeah, so, I mean, it was good. So here's the cluster of wide receivers that came after him. is Godwin, Hilton, Galladay, Green, A.J. Green, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, Stefan Diggs. I've been burned somewhat by Stefan Diggs in other leagues. I had T.Y. Yeah. Hilton the year that Luck was out, so I was burned there. We, we co-own with A.J. Green. Yeah, uh, I, the injury just scares me. I like Tyler Lockett, but not more than Chris Godwin this year. And Kenny Galladay is yep. doesn't do so. I mean, that's sort of where my mind was. Like as I looked through sure. it, I'm like, look, if I'm going to take a guy that I like. I, I've got him in my dynasty startup league. I'm probably going to take him in the PPR league if he's available because I got the first pick after all the keepers are done in that draft on Sunday. I'm just buying into the hype at this point, and I like having right. three what I deem elite wide receivers. So I want Godwin at nine, and then Kurt followed it up with a swing of T.Y. Hilton and Stefan Diggs to start the fourth round. Um, I was back up, and Tyreek Hill was my keeper, and then Craig took Brandon Cook. So here's what I want to sort of take a step back, and I'm only doing this because Craig and I have teams that are structured pretty much the same way. He started three wide receivers and a running back, and so did I. Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Sony Michelle, Brandon Cooks, or Juju, Todd Gurley, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill? Juju, Todd Gurley, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Is it the running back that's the, the game changer? Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely the running back that's the game changer. And um, it's because, like, I feel like you're going to get – you're absolutely going to get reduction. Um, do I like Brandon Cooks a little bit more than Godwin? Yeah, probably. probably just because I feel like there's a little bit more history there. Julio, love Julio, uh, love Juju, uh, love Mike Evans, and absolutely love Tyreek Hill. So 
all those guys, I feel like you can make arguments, you know, eh, you know, maybe this guy's a little better here. Maybe this guy's a little bit better here. This guy's a little better here. But you look down at the two running backs. You're saying, okay, who would you rather have, Todd Gurley or Sony Michelle? I mean, if somebody asked you that question straight up, what's your answer? Todd Gurley. So, so, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not kind of. And I'm and I'm not bringing this up to compare Craig and I, but if if you look at our drafts the whole way, it, it was a very similar type of pattern throughout the whole draft. So I was just that's why I was curious to sort of, I thought the running back would be the difference, um, but I just wanted to bring it up as a, as a point of discussion as well. So and, and I and I'm not knocking um, Sony Michelle either because right. I'm a Sony Michelle owner in in a dynasty league. Right. I just I mean I, I are you I don't feel great. Or Greg with <laughs> Sony Michelle as my RB one. Right. Uh, it, yeah. It's just one of those things where uh, there's upside there, but it's also the Patriots who t- not don't necessarily tend to feed one back all the time. Right. Uh, it's a running back by committee there. And and I'll be Grant honest, Sony pe- Michelle is probably the best one there. Yeah, yeah, Michelle played a lot when I got home and was sort of watching the game in the background. But as I was yeah. driving home from the meeting I had to attend to, every time I heard James White in the backfield mm-hmm. next to Brady. So, I mean, it's, yeah, yep. it, he's just not going to catch the ball, Michelle is. So and that, that's why I, I just mean, wanted to bring I, it up. I, I almost would have rather gone somebody maybe like Chris Carson. I, I was just going to go there. Melvin, even Melvin Gordon, just knowing that, hey, if if he comes back, I'm set at that position. If he comes back, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. See, uh, if I go like that someone route, like Dan? Carson, who I if it's someone like Carson who I know is getting carries, who I know is getting touches, I feel a lot better about it. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, if if he were to go Melvin Gordon at that pick, I'm hammering the running backs while I can for the next couple of rounds to protect against it. But absolutely, you know that you have a possible top five running back just sitting there when he comes back. So yep, hundred percent. So, so yeah, after Craig's for, uh, third pick in the fourth round, it was Brandon Cooks. We had Tamba with Mark Ingram, and this is what we talked about: Greg, Melvin Gordon. And I'm just gonna sneak ahead here. So he took Devonta. Freeman, sixth pick of the third round, takes Melvin Gordon. He has James Conner sitting in the ninth round. And then to preview yep. ahead, he took David Montgomery. So that's what I mean. Greg could possibly have a glut of running backs, similar to what Ryan and Brad did, but he waited until the third round to start accomplishing it because he had right. Connor just sitting there in the ninth round. Right, absolutely. The 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 ninth round Connor keeper is what kind of made that draft possible right uh and, and then i i think if you shore let's just think about it, you shore it up with melvin gordon now you've got your two starting running backs as um melvin gordon james connor um with your receivers starting receivers uh Devonte adams and odell beckham jr right uh, fill, fill in the rest from there starting four yeah fill in the right. rest that's, from a, there. that's a nasty starting four right there yep so in the sixth pick of the fourth round i'm sure this is a guy you wish slipped a couple more picks chris carson running back seattle from steve oh, yeah. so he's got a pretty nasty core of mccaffrey chris carson as his starting running backs with deandre hopkins and amari cooper sort of leading the, the way receiving wise so i know i know that's a guy you would have taken if he fell to you Oh, if if he would have fallen to me, uh, it would have been glorious. Uh, I would have felt uh, infinitely better about my running backs on my squad. Uh, but I, I I knew we had talked about you know Chris Carson a lot. There's so much hype there. Uh, I just 
didn't think he was going to make it to me. I was fingers fingers crossed that he would have, uh, but I wasn't surprised when Steve took him. If it would have made it past Steve, you would have got him because Brad would not have started four running backs deep. So. Right. Um, Brad took Tyler Lockett as his first wide receiver. Um with DK Metcalf out uh, with uh, you know some sort of surgery, I believe, on his knee coming up. Lockett, to me, is going to increase his target. While the efficiency could drop down, it could just mean a lot more opportunities. So uh, for waiting on the position, not a bad start there. Dan, you took A.J. Green with the eighth pick in the fourth round. And you sort of like Greg, you had Edelman sort of sitting there in the background. So you're at that point, I'm looking at the board probably thinking the same thing you are. When he's healthy, he's a top 10 wide receiver easily why not take him now knowing that i've got edelman as my de facto number two and that's the kind of that's exactly what was going through my mind bob it was a situation where um i know i've got edelman coming up in the eighth and you know if i can get my starting three wide receivers to be a b aj green julian edelman uh i'm okay with that and uh, I feel like I shorted up enough to get me through those first couple of weeks. As long as AJ comes back, um, I should be able to protect myself a little bit with how the rest of my draft went. Yep, right on. So um, Ryan took Kenny Galladay as his first wide receiver in the ninth round. Like we said, his running backs seem more sure than Brad's do maybe. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with maybe a slighter downgrade between the two wide receivers because his running backs, I think, are stronger overall. And then they, they both did the same thing. We're just going to hammer wide receivers for the next couple of rounds. So yeah, uh, Derek uh, shored up his running back crew with Josh Jacobs. Dan, I'm going to do, we'll do uh, round five pick by pick. And uh, what I think I want to do is, is talk more in generalities for each round and then we'll do our team. So sure. Uh, Derek is his third wide receiver, took Tyler Boyd. Um, Ryan took Mike Williams from the Chargers in the second pick. Dan, you took Marlon Mack as your second, second running back. Yeah. So thought just general thoughts. Uh, I figured. I mean, he was he was better than advertised last year, right? Uh, and with Andrew Luck's ankle and various other injuries, uh, I felt like he should be able to uh, maybe get a couple more touches than usual, at least early on in the season. And then I was just going to kind of ride it out and see where it goes from there. Right. Exactly. So DJ Moore to Brad, uh, fourth pick, um, sorry, Steve Cooper cup at the fifth pick of the fifth. Greg, like we said, David Montgomery, uh, that's a guy I was sort of eyeing, um, at the end It didn't make it to me. Uh, Tambo took Calvin Ridley as his second wide receiver. Uh, Craig took Tevin Coleman as his second. And I mean, this was another thing where I was just sitting here and saying, look, I've talked about the guy. I believe in the guy. I'm not, I'm not going to go away from it at this point. And so what I did was took Derek Henry with the hopes that Kurt already has two running backs. Maybe he bypasses James White and I could get him on the swing. Yeah. Uh, he took James White with the final pick of the fifth round. And so that's sort of the pick by pick. And I'm going to give sort of, I'm going to read through themes of each round. And then, Dan, I'm going to toss you some questions here. So in the sixth sure. round, first quarterback was taken. Kurt took him, Patrick Mahomes. Sixth round. To me, I know we always say wait on quarterbacks, but. Are th- you surprised he lasted that long? Yeah. I, I thought somebody was going to grab him in the fifth round somewhere there. Oh, so, me yeah. too. Um, and then this round was very tight end heavy. So another guy that if you go back and listen to about six or so episodes ago, uh, right around the 4th of July, 2019 players set to explode. 
Evan Ingram was it, and Golden Tate suspended. Sterling Shepard's coming back. And I'll be honest, actually, both quarterbacks have not played poorly during the preseason. Right. I know it's preseason, but... I was waiting for the wheels to just fall off immediately as soon as they started playing organized football, and it's not. I think this guy's going to be a target hog at least till Golden Tate gets back. And I just said, you know what? There's nothing on the board that really got me excited from the other positions. So I never did it in a mock that we did, but I, I like the guy so much, so I took Evan Ingram. And then three other tight ends were taken. Craig with the third pick took O.J. Howard. Steve at the sixth pick, Hunter Henry. And Derek at the 10th pick, final pick of the sixth round, Eric Ebron. So, Dan, just general thoughts on the sixth round. Uh, um, so there were, there are two picks that I was kind of like – Wow, I did not expect that. Um, the first one was Eric Ebron. Uh, I, I think, I mean, if you like the, like if you like a guy a lot, you sh- you can grab it. I mean, there's I'm not going to fault you for grabbing somebody, um, but you know, if we're critiquing a draft, if there is an w- actual way to do that, then that one, Eric Ebron was like, I feel like you can get him a lot later. <laughs> like you could have filled it in, but granted, at that time. Uh, maybe there wasn't anything that, uh, you know, that really was tickling his fancy at that point. I, you know what? You know what was, I think part of it was what three tight ends went right three before tight him. Yeah, I tight end run, so you kind of get your itchy trigger trigger finger there. Right. Uh, Hunter Hunter Henry, I, I think, is a little bit of a question mark for me, uh, just because of the injury concerns. You haven't seen him play in a while, uh, so I, I know he was. He was good when he was healthy, um, but I just that is a little bit of a question mark on it. And frankly, OJ Howard, I thought was early too. I like OJ Howard a lot this year, um, but I feel like if you know the league, uh, you know that you can get good tight ends late, as you'll see um, later on in this draft. Um, so I think you, you know, you probably maybe got a little itchy on that trigger finger with OJ Howard too. But at the same time, that offense, a lot of people are kind of pumping up uh, and said it's primed to explode this season. And O.J. Howard was great when healthy last year. Yep. So seventh round got more to a mixed bag. We saw two more quarterbacks go fifth and sixth pick to Sean Watson to Steve, Aaron Rodgers to Greg. Um, my general thoughts are, I know he's a Washington fan, but Adrian Peterson is the first pick of the seventh round. Well, I think he's going to play over Geis. I don't believe in Geis. Thought that, thought that was a li- little early. I'm just not a believer in Geis. I'll, if I'm right. wrong, I'll, I'll gladly be wrong on that. Right. And then it's interesting. Kenyon Drake uh, was another pick that I, I, as much as I don't necessarily like the guy, to get him in the seventh round when you already have three running backs, I'm totally fine with that as an upside play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. And then uh, also, 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 now, you know, in hindsight, now this Austin Eckler pick is looking pretty great. Uh, because, yeah, Tambo took you know, him in the seventh pick of the seventh round. Uh, the longest, the longer that Melvin Gordon holds out, the more play that Austin Eckler gets. Uh, you know that looks pretty good because you got Melvin Gordon going in the four, and if you're getting that starting running back for the Chargers in the seventh now, right? Uh, that's a great value. Right. That's an absolute great value. Yeah. And as the story develops, uh, that'll be a very interesting kind of draft spot to take a look at because Melvin Gordon went four in the fourth round. Austin Eckler went in the seventh. Now, if Austin Eckler is on the field, uh, 
that's a very, 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 very great pick. Right. Uh, if he's not still the backup, I still think he has some value. Uh, not necessarily seventh round value, but it, with the way the offseason's been playing out, that could be the, that could be a the kind of like a pick of the draft type pick right there, depending right. on how the offseason goes. Right. Yep. So uh, skip down. I mean, the eighth round was wide receivers and running backs. Uh, like I said, we'll go over our team here in a minute. Ninth round, once again, sort of a tight end run. We had Kittle as a keeper. This is where it got questionable because Derek took Ebron in the sixth round and then Trey Burt in the ninth ahead of guys like Vance McDonald, Jared Cook, David Njoku. Just general thoughts? I uh, never thought that was going to happen in a million years. <laughs> right. I, I thought Trey Burton would go undrafted personally. Yeah, but I thought he would too. And um, yeah, I just, I, I did not see that coming. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I just, that's bizarre. So, so yeah, I mean, um, I'm just going to start going through and by round dance, uh, just sort of give a, a quick, um, thought on, on a, on a pick you liked. So let's go to the 10th round and I mean, Emmanuel Sanders for Brad, who that was his yep. fifth wide receiver. This was before Monday. Yep. Like that one a lot. What was your favorite pick of the uh, 10th round? I'm not, I'm not going to pick my team i'll talk about my team in a minute if even if i like the picks that we yeah made. i i actually like Lashawn mccoy in the 10th round right for, um, for Derek. I, I know i know that there's been like a lot of hate out there for him but again short memories let's just think back like just uh, two seasons ago he, he was a fantasy beast i love it in the 10th round you're getting a starting running back um that's greg value no no matter what, how you slice it there bobby dan favorite pick in the 11th round uh, favorite pick in the 11th There's actually round. a lot I like in this round, honestly. Yeah, me too. I love Matt Breda. Uh, Craig, that was a... Craig I think basically that was a, locked down the entire San Francisco running back core. Yep, and I, I like the Breda pick. I also like the James Washington pick. I think that was a really good pick in the 11th round. Like, you can get a lot of Greg value there. Uh, and also, I, I, let's see, here's, here's where I think he probably starts going, Bob. Josh Gordon. That's an interesting pick to me uh, in the 10th round. Um, you know, with you're looking at the guys who were coming after that, that, that could be a, a league winner depending on how the rest of the teams made up. Yeah, me too. Those are the two two I was going towards were the first two picks of the 11th round. Josh Gordon to Derek, Dante Moncrief to Ryan. So he once again, remember, he went running back heavy. So yep. in the next like eight rounds, he hammered home the wide receiver position. And as his sixth wide receiver, he could be getting a potential wide receiver three weekly from the yep. Steelers. So, Dan, look through the rest of the draft, 12 through. What's your favorite pick through the rest of the draft? Because this is where you start getting into more quarterbacks. Yep. We do defense. We do IDP players. So that starts mixing in. 12 down. What's your favorite pick? Uh, I really like the um, the Deion Lewis in the 15th. Uh, that's a guy I like to kind of steal late in in drafts um, just to kind of see whether you're going to get a similar situation um, to the previous years that we've had right. with um, I, I like Debo Samuel and I also I also like Jamison Crowder I, I think that's a sneaky pick 
Yeah, Jamison Crowder in the 14th. Yeah, that um, that was the I one like that, that stuck one out too. to me, Jamison Crowder, because I even said uh, I, I was thinking he was just sort of sifting through, and I was going to pick him on that. So I took Debo in the 14th. Kurt's right after me. I'm thinking, all right, nobody's paying attention. I can let this go one more round. Yeah. And then Kurt, yeah, Kurt snapped him up. I mean, the the, the rapport seems to be strong uh, from from all the reports in New York. And oh, hey, Dan, this just broke before we break out our teams. Breaking news, tight end Jordan Reed being evaluated for a concussion and is done for the night. Oh, no. And it has begun. Did we have him him as a (laughs) part of anything? I I think we... You you had him as someone that you liked this year. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, we'll we'll have to go back and revisit that, but I just thought it was funny. So, Dan, why don't you do me a favor? We close up the draft recap. Read me down your team and give me your general thoughts, and then I'll do the same. Okay, so I had uh, uh, in my first round I took David Johnson. Round two I took Antonio Brown. Round three I took Zach Ertz. Round four I took AJ Green. Round five I took Marlon Mack. Round six I took Philip Lindsay. Round seven I took Allen Robinson. Round eight was my keeper with Julian Edelman. Round nine I grabbed Jordan Howard. Round ten I like Marquez Valdez Scantling. Round eleven. I grabbed Darius Geis, round 12, DK Metcalf, round 13, Devin Singletary, round 14, Russell Wilson, round 15, TJ Hawkinson, round 16, Devontae Parker, and round 17, I grabbed Devin Bush just because I wanted a Steeler. All right. So general thoughts on your team. What's your strong point? What's your weak point that you need to pay attention to? I think in those last five rounds, I was going all from from 12 until uh, from 12 until 17. Um, I was going all kind of upside, just hoping something hits. Um, I, I think I probably went too early on Devin Singletary. Uh, I probably either could have just paid attention to him on the waivers or um, grabbed somebody else like Alexander Madison, Dion Lewis, um, Darwin Thompson, any of these guys um, before him. And it was just because I was, uh, frankly, I was doing a lot of reading on him. Um, and I'm thinking maybe he could if, be if you can the, wait, the if, lead back. If you can wait him out, I think he's going to play the second half for sure. So we'll see whether he, he actually makes the final roster or not. Um, I grabbed Russell Wilson as my quarterback in the 14th round. And, and just to make I, sure, Dan, you mean final roster because we have to, by week one, get rosters legal, meaning a defense and a kicker. So we, you have to drop two players eventually. Is that that's right. what you meant? Correct. Okay. Just right, right, right. But, you know, I'll, I'll actually only have to draft, drop one because I'm going to have to put A.J. Green on the IR. Like, Good point. Great point. So I, I've got some room to play with a little bit. Um, I, I like Darius Geis. I got him late. I feel like that's a bargain. Um, he's going to play for his first t- time in the NFL. Hopefully he makes it through uh, unscathed. Uh, but I think that backfield's open. And uh, if he ends up becoming the starter, that's a pretty good value at 11. Uh, DK Metcalf, I just liked, uh, liked him um, just generally. Hawkinson was just kind of a toss in there. Let's see. That, let's that see could, what happens in week one. That could be the guy you cut, honestly, because you got Zach Ertz. So 
Right. But yeah, just and to play out the preseason, why not? Yeah, let's see how it goes week one. And then, you know, frankly, Devontae Parker was just, you know, a, a name that's popular these days. Because it's uh, preseason. So I, I grabbed him. Preseason Parker uh, <laughs> at the 16th is a good value. Um, you know, so I, I like my team. I think I've got solid position players everywhere. Uh, the only thing I probably I, I wish I probably would have shored up a little bit is running back. Um, because I'm kind of hoping that Marlon Mack and Philip Lindsay can come in and um, carry the weight. I'm also putting a little bit of pressure on Jordan Howard to not get beat out by that rookie running back in um, Philadelphia. So to that point, let me go through my team. That's a good segue, Dan. So, yeah, my first pick, uh, once again, I'm in the nine spot out of ten. Juju, Todd Gurley in the second, Chris Godwin in the third, Tyreek Hill in the fourth. Derrick Henry in the fifth, and I've got Evan Ingram in the sixth, uh, Curtis Samuel in the seventh, and then I, I hammered home the running backs here. Miles Sanders in the eighth, Rashad Penny in the ninth, Kalen Balaj in the tenth. Went Carson Wentz is my first quarterback uh, in the 11th round. Daryl Henderson in the 12th, just to protect against Todd Gurley and see how that plays out. Kiki Cutie in the 13th. Debo Samuel in the 14th. And then, yeah, I couldn't pass this. And this, I originally thought, eh, maybe this is a guy I could just play out. And if, you know, he's the third running back, I could maybe cut him because I need to make way. But the more I think about it, I'm holding on to Darwin Thompson because depending yeah. on what happens with um, Damian Williams, uh, he could be valuable later in the year. And then. For sure. This guy was just a tackling machine last year. I wanted to get my ID player out of IDP player out of the way, so I want Darius Leonard, linebacker of the Colts, and then Jameis Winston is my last pick in the 17th, just to purely make sure a Carson Wentz makes it through and see does Jameis really put it together. So right, I'm not going to keep two, so I'm probably going to drop Jameis, but I just wanted to sort of see what it would look like in the preseason. So, um, really, my team. The overall success, and if it reaches its ceiling, is Todd Gurley stays healthy and plays. Yep. If it does, I feel great because then I can sit and let running backs like Sanders, Penny, Balage, Henderson, and D- Thompson develop their roles on my bench and not feel a pressure because I'm more than likely playing Juju, Godwin, Tyreek Hill as my starters. Samuel's yep. probably always going to be in my flex. Right. So... I like it. Like I said, I, I mocked heavily going wide receiver heavy. So I sort of, the more I did, the running two running backs to start against, the wide receiver heavy with Tyreek Hill. I always liked the way my teams came out wide receiver heavy. So that's the way I decided to go in this draft. So Yeah, I, I like your team a lot. Um, I, I've soured on mine. I liked it a lot the day of. But, you know, I, I think that's just the way it goes. Uh, but man, if, if again, I, I think I said it earlier today, if Greg's team finds a way um, to put it all together and Melvin Gordon comes back, I think that's a team to be reckoned with right there. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I think the the thing is too, because we we made it to where everybody could at least draft and hopefully attend. So we we drafted a little bit earlier this year. So I think it's just we get to sit and stare at these teams and we're afraid yep. to drop anybody because it's too early. But yep. yeah, so I, I totally get it because I've been looking at like, oh, can I pick this guy up from waivers? I'm like, dude, just let it sit until this, <laughs> until this weekend's over and then decide what you want to do. So right. So yeah, we put uh, you know sort of the some information out during the draft weekend. Once again, if you're not following us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF. 
provide us feedback. What'd you like? What'd you not like about our teams? Uh, I might even put something out there, Dan, as a, a companion piece to sort of go through the teams, but I know people will not understand there's keepers and wonder how no. Tyreek Hill went in the fourth and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, we just wanted to give a full recap. We love our live draft, and this really gives an insight into exactly what we're thinking. So we wanted to do a recap instead of going live because we were 100% in on this draft. So I uh, appreciate it. And Dan, we've got only one more episode next week until we really get into the three a week once the regular season starts. So yeah, but it's getting it's getting there. We're we're coming up on the you know on the regular season here. It's getting to the point where we're actually going to have some start some mean, meaningful games. And uh, I know I've got a couple drafts scheduled for next week, so um, I'll I'll be going through some of those with Bob and probably bringing them up while we're uh, discussing uh, things on here. So next week's, I think, when fantasy really starts ramping up, um, I think I've got three drafts next week, actually. Yeah, so I, I know I've got one and then another one. I don't know when it starts. So yeah, we might do a quick recap, sort of what we did, uh, sort of some methodologies, because I'm sure it's different scoring formats. Um, and then Dan, I was tossing around the idea of, since we're going to be getting close to the regular season, maybe trying to bring our guy Ryan back from uh, Fantasy Life and talk daily i know he's killing it on the um the daily side of things so maybe that if i can get him on I'm, i might try and do that yeah he's uh working with the fantasy headliners uh the dsf life the dfs life at drafting underscore king one of our original guys that helped boost us up gave us some plebis publicity um if i can try and get him on even if it's you know just a, a separate interview that we splice in i might try and do that as well to maybe start thinking about that daily since he's uh really specializing in that for the fantasy headliner so i'll, I'll talk to him and, and see what i could get so sounds good buddy so yeah we'll have a mixed bag to get ready and then like i said once we go regular season we're bringing back getting drafty on the draft app craig you promise you'll have your punishment ready from last year john nolan i know you had a kid we're gonna let you somewhat slide but you better pay up at some point. We'll get back to the Sunday night recaps and then we'll do our uh, believe it or not type of uh, episodes after the week of game to say, hey, can you believe this somewhat abnormal performance right. there? So we'll get back to our full slate here in a couple weeks. But Dan, let's get ready and close up this show. Sounds good, Bobby. So yeah, brought it up a few times, but if you're not following us, follow us, Dan. We're about, I think, a dozen away from a thousand on Twitter. So let me... Ooh, let me get that's the- exciting. 13 away. Who is going to help us get to 1,000 followers on Twitter? Find out and follow us. Tell your friends at NotTakesFF on both Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. Visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash NotTakesFF. You can listen and follow us there. That's a great platform for that. But it has links to the 12 other major platforms that we're on. So just find us there. Link to the platform of your choice and subscribe. If you are an Apple Podcast listener, I know a lot of people just from the statistics listen to us there. Take a minute. Give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps our show. We're really trying to grow. Uh, we're going to start working on a website soon. I'm trying to, to set up the capital to do that. So we're trying to take incremental steps here. But the biggest way you can help us, besides sharing information on uh, the social media platforms, rate and review our show on Apple. But the most important thing, subscribe wherever you're at. Like I said, we've got one more week of one. Regular season kicks up. We go to three episodes a week. So we're going to start really churning out the content. And Dan, give a shout out to your brother like we always do. 
Yeah, it's the song that's warm with us from the very beginning. And we're coming up on the official start to season two of NFL Not Take Fantasy Football Analysis. So, uh, the song's called Alma. And if you like that, there's plenty more out there. Check them out on SoundCloud. He's that dude, Tom. Uh, and shout out, Tom, for letting us use that lovely, lovely tune and for being with us from the very beginning. So, Dan, I will see you tomorrow in Pittsburgh for some heavy metal goodness with the Slipknot right. Roadshow. Uh, a lot of great bands on that one. A lot of great bands. But, hey, Dan, until about 20 or so hours from now, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> later. The voice cracked. <laughs>